Hey everyone, Corey here along with my husband, Matlock. And today we are going to be recapping Psalm 147 to Proverbs 20 because that was our assigned reading through Bible discovery and Bible discovery TV. Are you ready? I'm ready. You ready to finish Psalms <laughs> and move into Proverbs yes, finally? Yes, let's just do it. <laughs> I really like the book of Psalms, but it does feel like a long time when it's a few weeks of just Psalms. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite many, a bit. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of songs. All right, so let's finish up the last three chapters here. Psalm 147. This is a call to praise God because of how he treats Israel, how he he takes care of Israel, and how he takes care of nature. So um, I want to highlight verses 10 and 11. It says this, His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. So this is contrasting really, I would say, a a, a physical king with God as king, where a physical king might rest in the size of his military, so the strength of his warriors and the strength of his war horses and chariot horses. But God's not like that. He It's actually the opposite. He's delighting in those who fear him, so who have this reverential awe of him and who put their hope in his unfailing love. Psalm 148 is a call um, for the heavens and earth uh, to praise God. So the first half of the psalm calls a bunch a bunch of things that reside in the heavens to praise God, like angels, the sun, the moon, and the stars. And then the second half of the psalm calls on earthly things to praise God, like sea creatures, and then acts of nature like lightning and hail, snow, clouds, um, and all the way down to kings and people to praise God. Psalm 149 continues this theme of praising God, but now it's specifically calling for Israel to praise God and then to praise him with things other than their voices. So to praise him with dancing and with music, as well as with their words. Um, It's really interesting, though, because Psalm 149 also talks about how a role of God's people will be in judging the nations uh, and So it talks about how the praise of God will be in the people of God's mouths, but a double-edged sword will be in their hands. So the idea here is that no one is going to escape God's justice. Mm. No one's going to escape true justice. Psalm 150. This is all verses of praising God in different contexts. So praise God in the sanctuary and in the heavens, praise him for his greatness, praise him with instruments and dancing. Um, The theme of the Psalm really is the final line of this final Psalm. It's let everything that has breath, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Mm. All right. That ends the book of Psalms. So now we're moving into Proverbs, into wisdom literature. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Proverbs chapter one serves as an introduction naturally to the book of Proverbs. And the first seven verses identify the author, which claims to be Solomon, the son of King David. The purpose is identified also here in chapter one. The purpose for uh, the Proverbs being written is for giving wisdom. Uh, So if you're reading the Psalms, your purpose in reading the Psalms should be gaining wisdom, receiving instruction from the book, 
the book claims to give us prudence and to give us understanding if we pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. The premise of the book or or the main assumption, the main axiom, you have to have a, an underlying assumption for its wisdom. And it's this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So you will be able to access the instruction and the prudence and the understanding and the wisdom only if you first start out with the premise of fearing God. Yes. And that fear, too, is different from the kind of fear that we often think about. Because even in that line you quoted earlier with Psalm 1. Mike. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no worries. It's a pretty big I did, I did it last time. Did you? It, yeah, it smacked <laughs> it pretty hard with my, my team, Mike. Anyways, um, so when you said Psalm, 40, Psalm 147, uh, those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. Yeah. It's interesting to contrast fear and hope. Yeah. So this idea, but it's not a contrast there. It's like through the fear, do you have hope? Yeah. So it's like there, it's we as we typically want to contrast the two. Yeah. And what you have here is this fear of the Lord is the same principle uh, is what gives wisdom. And it's this reverent awe. It's and a respect. It's a respect and yeah. and it's humility. But it's still what's what's interesting is it still incorporates fear. So for example, you would should have fear of the Lord if you've done wrong. Right. So you it's that's not like when you say love casts out all fear. It's like, well, if you're in love and you're working through love, you will not have fear because you're not doing anything deserving of judgment. Right. Right? But if you do something wrong, like Adam and Eve ate the free that was desiring was sorry, ate of the fruit. <laughs> yeah. Right? Sorry. Ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Because it was profitable for wisdom. Yeah. And the first thing they did was fear. Right. They fell afraid. Right. Fell afraid of God. Because wisdom inherently produces fear and it was a right judgment. Yeah. They should be afraid that they disobeyed God. So you have this fear factor where it's just like it's still a part of it, but it's not quite the same when you're in the steadfast love of God. Yeah. So, so... Yeah, I keep I keep having a thought and then losing the thought as we go, it's which is... The- the air conditioner is huge. It's, it's so loud. It no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the air conditioning. We have a love hate relationship with it here. Yeah, but um, but no, it's 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 pl- keeping God in His proper authority. Yes, knowing that He is altogether other than we are. We're made in His image, but we are not God. Right. We are not even little God. Like there's no. We can't even compare to the majesty of who God is. And whenever we see someone in the Old Testament or New Testament interacting with God and having a realization of who he is, yes. that he is altogether other, that he is higher than above us. When you when you think of Job, you know, Job had so much to say and then he finally meets God and he's undone. That's right. He's like, I shouldn't have said a thing. Right. I, I knew nothing. You're amazing. Right. And but, bless me. you. So, and what, so to add to that, so this, this fear... Is a humility. Yes, it definitely it's is. A, it's a form of humility. Putting you in your proper space in respect to God being in his That's proper right. space, which is like this. That's right. And Not it, like this. That's Not even, like this. God. <laughs> that us. is summarized in Proverbs 11 where it even just says humility is wisdom. Yeah. And so that is that is the idea here is that this fear comes with those different things. It's not just like um, when we think wisdom, we think of um, intelligence and your ability to being cunning and and, right, and just smart overall. But it's so much more than that. This is like a moral, deep moral understanding of who God is yeah. and who you are, yes. right, comparatively. 
Yeah. And that is, that's a fundamental different approach to wisdom. That is the foundation Start of it. Start it with your proper respect. Start it with the authority right. where it needs to be and build upon that. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So let's continue here in Proverbs chapter one. So there's there's a pro a sort of prologue in in chapter one, um, um, for the entire book. It addresses the son in the context of home. So here's what I mean. He, here's I'm gonna I'm gonna quote it here. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So. It's this, it's this concept of wisdom being passed on from one generation to the next. And the point ends up being to this son to not go along with sinful men in their actions and in their lives, but resist the urge to join sinful human beings. Uh, verses 18 and 19 say, these men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. So in other words, there's going to be natural human things. There's going to be plans and, and, and cultures and, 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 and people that you meet where it seems like what they're doing is benefiting them. It seems like a good idea to jump on the bandwagon with them, but it is not a good idea to go along with sinful men. So then this chapter moves from the context of teaching a son, like a mother and a father teaching a son at home, to wisdom in general, calling aloud in the public square, on the top of the wall, at the city gate. So the context moves from the home to now we're in the public sphere. And the point uh, of, of wisdom calling out here is that wisdom is it personified, is rebuking the people for their hatred of knowledge, and she wants the people to repent so that she can teach them true and amazing things, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. So so the, the concept of chapter one is to resist human evil and embrace godly wisdom. Proverbs chapter two um, we're going to see the theme of parental instruction throughout the book. So the chapter opens with my son. Uh, and essentially, Proverbs 2 talks about things like this. If you seek wisdom, if you apply your heart to understanding, you will understand the fear of the Lord. So that fear of the Lord is something like you're, you're, you have to start with it, but you're going to understand it more when you apply your heart right. to understanding it and when you're looking for wisdom. And it says there in verse 4 to 5, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Exactly, exactly. Right. Then the benefits of wisdom are listed, which are success, general success, protection, knowing justice and fairness, having discretion to guard you in your life and um, how it will save you from wicked and devious men and how it will save you from from the adulterous woman. So it's going to save you from these very common human pitfalls that are still common today when you look, look around at things that kind of tank human lives. A lot of them are the same. Proverbs chapter three, there's a series of objectives that are given to us with their results. So here's what I mean. 
let love and faithfulness never leave you. So there's the objective. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Keep those. You will win favor and a good name. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Mm. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Health and nourishment for your body will be the result. Honor the Lord with your wealth and you'll have good harvests. Don't despise God's discipline or rebuke because God's discipline means he loves you. He's teaching you. Then there's this section talking about wisdom and all of its benefits in particular. Right. Proverbs chapter four is all about the value of wisdom and essentially how it's outrageously valuable and that we need to prioritize it and get it at all costs. Verse three to seven says this, for I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart, keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. So yeah. if you want to be wise, try to be wise. <laughs> Go for it. Try to understand. Go for it. Um, th- This chapter really establishes that wisdom equals life. Right. Um foolishness on the other hand equals death verse 13 actually says hold on to instruction do not let it go guard it well for it is your life right so this goes on you know later on in the proverbs we're gonna we're gonna read there is a way that seems right to a man and yet its end is death so that's what it's talking about here if we just follow our own hearts if we just find follow our own gut instincts we're not going to be right all of the time because we are sinful and the heart is deceptively wicked. You know, when we get into Jeremiah, yeah. we need to rule our lives with godly wisdom. That's right. And when you're searching for it, it's, it says to search for it like hidden treasures. Yeah. Hidden is, is key. Like you're doing all that you can to find it. It's not quite there. Yeah. But you're doing all that you can. Your whole purpose is to find what is essentially the substance of value which is like life itself or God God himself, right? Yeah. So it's like that being your purpose and your mandate is what will drive you to be wise. And it will uh, at the same time uh, not only uh, propel you towards wisdom, it will encourage wisdom on the other side. Yeah. Right? It will be like from inwards and, and outward motivation. So uh, the fact that you're it's, – it's also like um, – how would you say, like uh, something that's static within you that, that grows as well as an external motive that you're working towards. Right. It has this, it's not just understanding, it's also motive. Right. It's also desire. It's like this relationship between wisdom and who you are in your life. Yeah. Is just like, it, it, it's related on a deep seated level and yeah. it's and it's it, intimately connected. It, is, it shouldn't be thought of as something that is just like, uh, superficial or actually superficial is really too strong even just surface like something just just intelligence yes it's so much more than just reason yes yeah. and, and, and to that as we move on to Proverbs 5 
Proverbs 5 begins to remind us that God's way, the way of wisdom, has always and will always require self-denial. Right. Because when you put someone else as your authority, when you put God in this case mm-hmm. as your authority, you automatically will have to deny yourself. Right. At some point. Because you're going to want to do something. You're going to think something is right. And God is going to say, no, right. don't do that. And then if you truly keep God as your authority, you're going to have to deny yourself and instead choose to follow God in that action. And Proverbs 5 really draws this out for us. And and I don't think we can beat this drum hard enough because it is so opposite our culture, even our current Christian culture. There's this idea permeating Christianity in the West that God is here to make our lives good, to make our lives better, as if somehow salvation is not just a rescue from the punishment of our sin, but it is also to make us little kings and queens running around doing whatever we want. That's not, it's never been that. It's never been that when we become a Christian, when we become a Christ follower, just like Romans 12 says, we become a living sacrifice. We put God as our authority. Mm. And that automatically means that we are going to have to change our lifestyle to follow his lead. That's right. To follow his authority. And Proverbs 5 draws this section of wisdom out. And interestingly, it's a warning against adultery. The chapter highlights the dangers and the evil of illicit sexual behavior, sexual behavior that God has said is wrong, but we may find ourselves in the position that we want to do it anyway. Verse 21 to 23 say, Your ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all your paths. The evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them. The cords of their sins hold them fast. For lack of discipline, they will die, led astray by their own great folly. Following God has always involved self-denial and it always will. Right. Proverbs chapter six. This contains help for us when we're dealing with various situations. So um, examples here, when you're trapped in a foolish situation, don't rest until you're out of that foolish situation. Even if you initiated that foolish situation, if you find yourself there, get out. It talks about not being lazy, not being a troublemaker. There's a list of seven things given that God hates. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to run to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who who stirs up conflict in the community. And then in the end, to cap off Proverbs chapter six, there's another long warning against adultery. Proverbs chapter seven. Here we go again. Another warning against the adulterous woman. Uh, so remember, this is written to a son as if a father and mother are giving instruction to a son. So naturally, they're warning him against an adulterous woman. So this chapter really interestingly provides a foil an opposite character for Lady Wisdom. So Lady Wisdom walks through the city calling for repentance, calling for people to listen to her words. The adulterous woman or folly roams through the street 
looking for victims, mm. not for people she can help, but people she can hurt. Also interesting is the bond that's talked about here. Wisdom is your sister. She is your blood. She is your ally. She is your partner. Meanwhile, folly is your lover who makes you feel good in your lust. She makes you feel good with lies about who you are to her, but she will result in death. Right. So there's something really interesting thematically going on here. Yeah. Proverbs 8, this is all about how wisdom and her work in the streets is vastly different from folly's work in the streets. This time, wisdom is imagined as a mother with God at the creation of mankind. It says this. This is verses 32 to 36. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. Yeah, there's a lot to explore on just those who hate me love death. Yeah. Because I think that's a lot more literal than people think. Yeah. Because th- if you look at the whole wave of like new atheism where it goes, they've built a whole worldview and infrastructure, uh, ecological infrastructure, so to speak, um, around this idea of death where like, to die is a good thing. Like death is right. Like because the, the, like uh, the concept, ultimate peace. it's ultimate peace. There's yeah. no judgment after. Do what you want now. Right. It's like really embracing death as the ultimate solace. Right. Um, and it's a double edged sword because by doing that, they also then enjoy like you, you, they love the fact that they'll die and not have to worry about anything in their in, right. the, in the minds. But then they also that propagates a an enjoyment of death. And then now we're seeing that in our culture yeah. of people slowly enjoying the just the concept of death more and more and more. This yeah. was like unthinkable. Like they wouldn't even show death like in old films. Yeah. They don't even show death. Nowadays just being like it's like becoming like uh, almost like a a desire within people just to watch it. Yeah. Uh and and, and absorb it. So anyways, the point here is that all who hate me love death. Yeah. And that's me is wisdom and God. You, you yeah, so we see wisdom taking care of human life. That's right. While folly and lies leads to a love of death. And we, and to summarize the, to go to verse 13, to summarize the antithesis yeah. of, of death and uh, to the anti-wisdom, the prostitute here, the fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil, pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. There, The, the difference is he's... So far, they've, they continue to say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Yep. This is the only time where the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Right. So you have this 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 interesting parallel where it's like God is good. Yeah. And therefore hate evil. Yes. And the fear of the Lord is, that's what that is. When you actually hate evil, you will be, see that God is good. It yes. Will, it will begin to encourage knowledge, wisdom, understanding within you. And uh, and another way of saying that is when God is your authority, then you hate anything that goes against him. Well, yes. When when you yeah. place God as the king or the authority in his right. rightful place, yeah. then anything that challenges that, anything that tries to to take that away, right. is well, no good. To add to that, because at the inside the same verse it says pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. Yeah. So pride and arrogance there would be that idea of you 
thinking that you can be like God without yeah. God. You replace him. You replace you him with yourself. Your That's why you become the, your own authority. That's Classic right. Classic human. Classic human. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but yeah, so that that is the beginning. That 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 is what initiates, propels one towards true knowledge, true wisdom, true right. understanding, and things of that nature. Okay, Proverbs chapter 9, wisdom and folly continue to be directly compared here. So this time, wisdom is envisioned as a woman who has built up her house. She has prepared a meal. She invites all who are simple to come in and get wise because she is wisdom, right? So come and 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 get wise. Meanwhile, folly <coughs> sits at the door of her house inviting the simple to come in and die. Hmm. So the results of accepting an invitation from wisdom versus accepting an invitation from folly. Proverbs chapter 10. This opens up what is claimed to be the Proverbs of Solomon. So a collection of wise sayings. So this chapter contrasts what wisdom looks like in real life against what foolishness looks like in real life. So we've got some practical application here. Um, Verse 11 says this, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. There's hidden violence in the mouth of the wicked. Um, There are 10 Proverbs in this chapter that talk about the mouth, the lips, and the words of people who are righteous and people who are wicked. So that comparing and contrasting. Proverbs chapter 11 um, good and bad consequences are outlined in Proverbs chapter 11. So verse two says, this is a very famous verse. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Uh, Also verse 28, those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf which is interesting because leaves create their own sustenance. They're like a little machine that yeah. creates their own sustenance. It's interesting. So consequences for good and bad here. Proverbs chapter 12, there's more descriptions given in this chapter of the righteous life and the wicked life. For example, verse one, my dad loved this when, when I was a kid. So it's, it's crammed in my brain forever, which is not a bad thing. Uh, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. Um, Verse 16 is a really good one and hard to heed. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. Verse 24, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. This is all about trying to be a person who is wise, not a regular foolish human. Proverbs 13, again, about words. Verse 3 says, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Verse 18, whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. Uh, Verse 20 can help us as well. It says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. So there's a lot of just a lot of practical wisdom. Yes. In Proverbs chapter 13. 
Proverbs chapter 14. Uh, I'm just going to continue to highlight some verses from these Proverbs. Uh, Verse 8, the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. So are we thinking about how we're living our lives? Because the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. So a fool will just deceive themselves into thinking that they're doing everything right. Yes. But are we truly self-reflecting? Are we truly comparing the actions that we're making with the words and the instructions that God has given us? And through that, just to add to that, you have this beautiful parallel that's made with folly pride and deception uh-huh. all commingled together if not identified together as virtually the same person underneath the, the, the folly the woman of folly and so much so that to the point where someone self-deceived where pride itself is a lie right pride is a lie uh because when we talked about earlier to, to think that you could be like god without god is self-deception yeah that's what it boils down to so you have this you we've created a culture today that embraces this self-deception totally at, at like on an ontological and moral level yeah um and it's no wonder why you know everyone's saying well this is what i believe and my beliefs are the most important thing it's because they're the god of their own lives and what they believe is is a knowledge and therefore their knowledge is true knowledge and, and- it's all about feeling today today it's all about individuals feeling secure. Yeah. It's all about individuals feeling completely accepted and, and having no tension, social tension or anything like that. That's right. But that's a deception. It's total deception. It's, it's, it's not real. It's yeah. not true. I mean, what you're talking about, it, Proverbs 14 verse 16, the wise Fear the Lord and shun evil. So again, putting God in his proper place of authority. And there is that element of fear. So there is that element of, I am unsettled here because I know I am sinful. And I know that my king is not sinful and doesn't tolerate sin. So there is an element of unease there, right? It says this, the wise fear the Lord and shun evil. But a fool is hot-headed and yet feels secure. (laughs) Has convinced themselves. Yeah. That everything's okay. That's right. It's not good. No, it's not good. It's and not it, good. And it later on too, in, in Proverbs sixteen, it corroborates this. It says, "All the man's, all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes." Yeah. But motives are weighed by the Lord. Yeah, that so, one cuts. That one cuts. That one cuts yeah. deep. Yeah, and it's, it's all it's that whole thing. It's like you know, which are what everyone thinks that they're right in their own eyes, and that's the judge's theme. How many times? I can't. I can't tell you how many times in my life that I have been quick to not give judgment to other people, but maybe think it in my own heart. Like, oh, that doesn't seem like a very good idea. Like, why don't you just do this? Right. Seems like a pretty easy thing to do. Only for me later to experience something similar and go, I had no idea what I was talking about. And so there's a way that seems right. It seems obvious. And man, we are not omniscient. Okay. And to talk about this, I'm the opposite where it's like, I was almost too secure. (laughs) So it's like, so, but, but those things run in tandem. It's like you, you either shoot too far North or you shoot too far South. Yeah. And it's about sin is missing the mark. It's about hitting the bullseye, right? That's not to sin is to hit bullseye. So it's like, there's these, 
this, the blue rim that goes around the bullseye, essentially. It's like by you shooting, let's say, too far north, I shooting too far south, it's it's of the same circle. It's of the same substance. It's just from a different angle, different perspective right. of doing it. So it's like the 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 folly is too secure in its own mind. They just want to yeah. be accepted, and it, yeah. right? And it's like, and then the other one's too quick to judge. And it's like they're of the same thing. Yes, they're of the same thing. Anyways, but people don't see it that way. But it's it's a, the same spectrum on a circle. So whatever right. it is. All right, go ahead. Proverbs chapter fifteen. I love verses one and two. Man, it's wisdom that I need <laughs> as a mom of young kids. I need this wisdom. Okay. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And then verse two, the tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. Verses 16 to 17 says this, (coughs) better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. Man, talking about contentment. Yeah. Right? And what we're willing to fight for. Yeah. It it makes you rethink. That's the point of these proverbs, guys. It's trying to make us rethink some of the decisions that think we make in the, our life. Think about your ways before. And that's yes. why it's called proverbs, before action. And, Pro-action. And, yeah. and by contemplating these things, you can glean wisdom that you don't have to get experientially. In other words, you don't yeah. have to make these mistakes in order to understand that they're mistakes. Yes. You could. You right. could walk through it and then realize after, wow, that was a bad idea. Yeah. And some lessons we are going to learn that way. Yeah. But by studying this, we can avoid that path, and which is pretty to sweet. To those who are more experiential in their learning, even even if those are small, minor mishaps that you experience, get realizing that I don't want to be an experiential learner all the time <laughs> yeah. is not a bad thing. Well, and to, then, and then by stu- still by studying the scriptures and by studying the Proverbs, then you're able to identify yes. what it is that you just went through. In advance, through. yeah. It, but even, even if you've gone through something experiential, you can be like, oh, that's what that is. Yes. Oh, and yeah. being able to label it, it is very helpful. It's spiritual foresight and, and insight yes. into how people operate yeah. and how God operates. So it's important. Okay, Proverbs 16 verses 1 to 4 relate to, the th- relate to this theme of the plans of mankind. So here's verses 1 to 4. To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked, for a day of disaster. So we're not without hope. This whole journey of righteousness is not all on our shoulders. We acknowledge God and and we commit to him what we're doing and he's going to help us. He's, his Holy Spirit is going to establish mm-hmm. us as, as wise. Thank God. Proverbs 17, a few verses here that I think are really interesting. Verse five, whoever mocks the poor shows contempt for their maker. Whoever gloats over disaster will not go unpunished. Uh, Verse nine, whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. 
And the classic verse 28, even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Yeah. <laughs> true. It's good. Verse 10 is pretty cool too. A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. Yes. Yes. It's like you could say something repeatedly, 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 and it doesn't go in. It is, you know, you say one ear, run through We're one ear, not the other. Accept and consider rebukes. Yes, exactly. And being very thoughtful. Yes. Right? It's, it's, it's one thing we often don't consider being part of the Christian life is being thoughtful. Yeah. We It's like, right? And it is. It's like a big portion of it. Yeah. yeah. Here's a big warning from us all, for us all, from Proverbs 18, verse 2. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Yikes. Yep. Verse 13, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Again, that sounds like today. This is is the hashtag, hashtag Proverbs 18. Anyways. That is what it feels like. It's just like we should just I quote know. these. Yeah, human nature is always the same. The cultural context is different, yeah. but man, humanity is the same. Proverbs nineteen, verse two says this: "Desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way?" Well, and there we passion is not enough. Did you catch that? Yeah. We have to spend time building up our knowledge. That's what Bible discovery is about. Like that's part of our family's passion is that we have to understand who God is. It's not enough just to say, I love God. Everything's great. What would Jesus do? How do you answer the question, (laughs) what would Jesus do if you've never read what Jesus did? Then you assume by knowing the answer in advance without actually knowing. Then you're Jesus. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Because you've assumed. You're your own Jesus because you're just assuming what he would do. Man, guys, I still have beef from the 90s and early 2000s, WWJD movement. Yeah, <laughs> not not the movement itself, more so like what our youth groups did with it. That's right. And, and yeah. to add to that, this idea of like desire without knowledge is not a good thing. It's like people can often confuse zeal and passion for knowledge yeah. because because they're so passionate. Well, you must know a lot. They mu- you must com- know. The more You're confident so you speak. Yeah, that's right. The more confidence. people will believe you. Yeah. I feel like that's some politicians. They operate in this like, oh, I have so much confidence. But it's yeah. like, but that, that it's just feigning. It's just feigning. So it's feigning knowledge. What you have here is that like you have this desire. You have these, you have want and you have desire. Desire is like a conscious want. Yeah. You know that you want this. Whereas want is something you might not know that you need, but you need it. Uh-huh. Right. So it's like you, right. So this desire needing knowledge to yeah. tether it, to anchor it so that it yeah. can actually move in the right direction, yeah. not just be, you know, wherever, going, yeah. going wild. Uh, I think that's, that's so it's really a, it's important. A, it's, a, it's a word of caution. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? Yeah. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? There's yeah. a lot of good ones in Proverbs 19. Um, yeah, and then verse 27, just to cap it off, that that concept of desire without knowledge is not good. Verse 27 says, stop listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. This has to be a constant thing. We can't just be like, well, I studied Proverbs once. I read the Bible. Yeah. I, I pray once. I, I, I do stuff. It's fine. 
it's just human nature. When we stop listening to instruction, when we stop self-reflecting, when we stop cultivating our relationship with God, we will stray from the words of knowledge. That's right. It's just human nature. This There's one thing, too, in Proverbs 18, verse 21, is sure. really interesting. Death, not death, death and life <laughs> are in the power of the tongue, yeah. and those who love it will eat its fruits. This is like, this just harkens back to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, right? Yeah. Where it's like death and life. In this case, the life, the tree of life, death uh, is brought about by the disobedience to, to right. eat the tree, right? Um, and But it's in the power of the tongue. So you have this idea of this, uh, this double entendre parallel happening where it's like you, what you consume and what you speak, what comes out, um, uh, is kind of like it shows, bears fruits, it bears the fruits of who you are. It like reveals. So you're consuming. And once to liken back to this Garden of Eden thing, you're consuming fruit that you, out of disobedience that you that makes you love death. And then you spew out out of your tongue, uh-huh. like James talks about uh, these evil deceits. Um, and it's interesting here that it's it's likening love. You can love like we started. You can love death, or you can love life. And it's like that's what it's boiling down. It's boiling it down to this: these options, these two right. very binary options, death or life. What do you choose? And you, uh, you're going to love one, and you're going to hate the other. And it, that's yeah. Anyway, it's just interesting. It is interesting. of of interest. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the last uh, chapter that we're going to look at today is Proverbs chapter twenty, and I just want to highlight verse twenty-three, and it's talking about how. We must not be show partiality to prefer one human over another human for any reason. We must not be self-seeking. To show partiality is putting ourselves, it's not fearing God, it's putting ourselves in the place of God. We are deciding which human being is more valuable than the next by showing partiality. God doesn't do that. We're not supposed to do that. Um, so verse 23, it, it, it occurs a few places in Proverbs, but here it, in chapter 20, it's repeated twice. It says this, The Lord detests differing weights and dishonest scales do not please him. So again, the Lord detests differing weights and dishonest scales do not please him. So in our dealings with other people and in our dealings with ourselves, we need to aim to be fair and accurate. Yeah. Righteous. That's right. And th- this also harkens back to what we talked about last week with David calling out to God to be just and right. relying on God's justice. Because even here it says in verse 24, a man's steps are from the Lord. How then can man understand his way? Right. It's basically like we got to rely on God's underst- uh, God's justice, God's wisdom, uh, God's judgment in order to have our own. Yeah. Uh, and it all depends on that. Because uh, it says even in verse 9, uh, who can say I have made my heart pure? I am clean from my sin. But this is a rhetorical question, right? It's like we've all blown it in some sense. Um, routinely. Ru- or, or routinely. <laughs> yeah, not routinely. just Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. And um, – but we so we rest. Uh, don't lean on your understanding. We rest on God in order to have any resem- resemblance of wisdom and to have actual wisdom. We have to rest, 
have a rest yeah. in him. Yeah. Uh, like by default is what I mean. Like our default disposition should be to rest and lean on God. Yeah. Right. And that is how you have obtained wisdom. Yes. Agreed. Difficult to do. Yes. But worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah. <laughs> worth it. All right. All right, guys. Pop any comments or questions down in the comments below. Let us know how you are enjoying Proverbs so far. And we'll see you next week for more recaps. Thank you so much for watching. We want to keep producing high quality biblical content, but we can't do it without your support. If you feel called to support us, please click the link in the description under donate. Your support really means a lot to us.